What's up, Daw Nation? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Daw. This is a very special episode because this is one I've been planning to record for a really long time. And I've been gathering my thoughts and thinking about how to explain these things in the most logical and easy to understand way. And what it's about is about Daw Nation marketing. There's been a lot of polarizing opinions behind it. And I want to bring up my logic behind what we do, what we do, and the the reasoning why we do what we do. Because marketing is very interesting. Marketing to creatives, to producers, to artists is like, it's the most foul thing in the world. Don't bring up the M word. Don't bring up the M word. We can't talk about that. Obviously, you cannot be creative and true and authentic and market at the same time. And I would suggest that is a distortion. That is a complete farce, in my opinion, because marketing, if we get down to the basics of what marketing is, it is taking something, something you believe that has value for other people and bringing it before them, giving it to them, giving them a chance to see it and partake of it and so on and so forth. Yes, there are extreme, sleazy, sketchy, scummy ways of applying marketing, but not all marketing is bad. Not all marketing is gross and marketing isn't something to be avoided. In fact, if you put out a song If you put out any music at all, you are marketing. It's called content marketing. It's a form of marketing. You are putting something out into the world for people to partake of. It may not be just the best form of marketing just to throw it on Spotify and hopefully people find it, but that is a form of marketing. So I would suggest that maybe the M word shouldn't be a curse word in the producer slash artists vocabulary. It's actually something beautiful. If you truly believe that your music is good, and if you truly believe that your music is going to help people, then marketing should be the next natural path. In fact, that's the entire concept of why we have record labels. Even though I really don't agree with how record labels market, I think they're incredibly ineffective. That is why we have them. So that they can market your music, suggesting that marketing is important. Over the last couple of years, there has been basically three different opinions on how donation, how we market our products that we have with other people. The first one is, Wyatt, you're a marketing genius. This is awesome. You clearly have this down packed. Oh my gosh, you're crushing it. Second opinion, I don't feel strongly either way about how you market Wyatt. You can do whatever you want to. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm just happy you're making courses from producers that actually know what they're talking about. Or there is the third category, which I have come to find out is the the smallest category, but it is still something worth noting, which is Wyatt. The way that you market is scummy, it's sketchy, it's gross, I hate it, how dare you, so on and so forth. And it's to that group of people that I want to address and actually explain why we do what we do and kind of bring up a new perspective on the way that we market that maybe the way that we're marketing isn't scummy and sketchy and sleazy, it's just not your personal preference, which is totally fine by the way. But just because you don't like something doesn't make it sketchy, scummy, and sleazy. And what really kind of threw me over the edge with this to be able to record this episode is actually this comment that we got over on our YouTube channel from Two Launchpads and a Lizard. He's great, by the way. I love his channel. I actually checked out his channel after he left this comment. He has a a bunch of wonderful Blender tutorials. And I do need to say that I'm not recording this to to slander him or to, to make fun of him in any way. In fact, if I was in his position and was from the outside looking in, I can understand how he came to his conclusions, but I want to explain my 
side of view from this, as well as going into a bit more deeper as to why we do what we do. In short, if I'm being real, the reason why we market the way that we market is because it works and it works really, really, really well. We at Donation, so me, Austin, Haley and Matthew Steeper, Crywolf, everyone else that we create products with really genuinely believe in our products. We do. We actually genuinely believe that they are very good, that they are very helpful, that they have taught a whole bunch of people a bunch of amazing things that it is actually helping people. So if we believe that these things are actually good and that they are actually helping people, don't you think that we would want to get them out into the world? And of course, the answer is yes. We believe that they are so good that we want to get them out. And so if the only way that we can get them out there is through marketing, then that is the path that we are going to go. Awesome. So we've established that marketing is good. We want to market. Okay. Now the question becomes, okay, then in what way should we market? That is the next logical question that comes up when you establish that marketing is a good thing and that you should be marketing. What avenue, what method should we be marketing in? My suggestion is this, is that there are many, 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 many useful ways to market, but you could spend the enti your entire life trying to figure out what are the best ways to market. You can, try, you can spend your entire life and all of your money and all of your resources, all of your time trying to figure out what the best ways to market are. Or you could go find someone that has a brand that you believe in that is good, that is not sketchy and sleazy and scummy, see what they are doing and then mimic them and see if you have similar results. If I'm being flat out honest, and I will be flat out honest about this, this is exactly what I have done. I love ClickFunnels. I love Russell Brunson. I think he's one of the best marketers ever. I think he's absolutely genuine. I think he's brought so much value to my life. He's brought so much value to other people, um, to other people's lives as well. And everything that he says, I'm not joking when I say that, not everything, but, but the vast majority of the things that he says logically checks out for me. I'm like, this makes a ton of sense. I see how this could work. Wow, 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 wow. So I went to him to see what he is doing. How does he market? How does he take his products and get them out to people in the most effective way possible? And in a way that is that makes sense, that is clear, that is concise, that brings value, that shows them that this is going to help. How does he do that? That's exactly what I did. In fact, if you go to any one of his funnels, right, you, it will look shockingly similar to a donation funnel or a donation uh, checkout page because I saw what he's doing. I'm like, that's exactly what I want to do. It's working for him. Let me do it. Obviously, we put our own donations uh, uh, spot on it with our own aesthetic and our own wording and our own you know ideas inside of there and so on and so forth, which is really, really awesome. But yeah, it was all mimicked from them. I was mimicking someone that has already had the success that I wanted to, which by the way, is a very useful tactic when it comes to making music. If you want to learn how, if you want to make music like the people that you idolize, that you really, really love, I would suggest learning how they made that and then replicating that. Then eventually you'll throw your own spice into it, create something brand new and unique and so on and so forth. Makes sense, right? I mean, that, that does make sense. If you mimic the people that have already had success, your chances of having success increase dramatically. That doesn't mean you can't be authentic to what you want to create. That doesn't mean that you're copying them. That doesn't mean that you're being a ripoff or a copycat. That just means you're seeing what they're doing, uh, doing your version of what they're doing and putting your own spice into it, which is completely fine. In fact, you're doing that with everything anyways. Nothing is truly original. Everything's a remix. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, so what I'm going to do now that I've kind of expressed, oh, this is why we do what we do. We need to market because we believe in our products. We have chosen our path to market because we have found someone who has done what we want to do and we are going to replicate that. And spoiler alert, it has worked really, 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 really well. 
very well, extremely well. I am very happy with the results. It has allowed us to not only change the lives of the people that we are working with, like Austin and, and Cry Wolf and so on and so forth, these other people that we've worked with, but it is also changing the lives of our customers. So why would we stop? <laughs> if there's just this small little group of people that are not happy with the way that we are marketing, why would we stop if we really are helping a whole bunch of people and the vast majority of people either love our marketing or they just don't care? You see what I'm saying? So, but I want to go through and answer two Launchpads and a Lizard's questions and, and comments because maybe you have the same one about marketing and that's totally fine. So we're going to go through and, and do this. I did write out a very, very, very big response. I'm, actually, I'm not sharing my screen right now, so you just have to trust me. If you want to check this out, by the way, the original comment was on the Flanger-based serum tutorial that we did um, that was released on August 24th. So if you want to go check out that whole conversation, by all means, it's there. Um, and so let me go through here and just kind of answer those questions um, as he brought them up. So so two launchpads and the lizard says, I appreciate all the classes you guys make, but you got to clean up your website a bit. It looks sketchy to buy from due to the prevalence of pop-ups, large download buttons, etc. So let's start with that. He believes that the website is sketchy due to the prevalence of pop-ups. Meaning when you go there, if you click a button, a pop-up will come up so you can fill in your information to buy the product. Or if you try to leave, if you, if you bring your cursor up off of the browser, a pop-up comes down trying to keep you on the page. So he says that is something that, <clears throat> that is suggesting that it is sketchy. Um, we'll just start with that right now. I don't think that having a pop-up on your website is inherently sketchy. I understand that there are sketchy websites out there that have pop-ups, but I don't think that pop-ups are actually sketchy. We truly genuinely believe in our products. And so... We have tried using a pop-up to see if it increases conversions, if it actually gets people to stay on the website. And the answer is yes, it does. In fact, it has increased our conversions. Where's the data? Like 5%, 10%, something like that. It's not huge, but it's like, oh, hey, that's this, this is helpful. This is very, very helpful. And so if people don't want the pop-up, there's a very easy thing that they can do. They can click out of the pop-up. And the pop-up will not show any show up anymore unless obviously you refresh the page and it refreshes the cookies, but that's just because of the limitations of the software that we use, not necessarily because we want this thing to keep popping up in front of you. So no, I don't think that pop-ups are a pop-up that that is trying to get you to do something like, you know, download a free pack or buy a product is inherently sketchy, especially when it's we believe that it is going to bring value to you. And if you can easily close out of that, like if you can easily close out of that and it's not there anymore, I don't think that's sketchy. If that pop-up kept popping up like every five seconds and it was super sketchy and it looked like it was from a, a nasty third world country porn site, I would agree. That would be very, very sketchy. That would be very, very sus. But ours are not like that. I think that our pop-ups are very clean. They're very clear in what they're trying to do. We also have a tremendous amount of social proof on our page. We have tons of testimonials. We have actually a proof source in, in the bottom left corner that shows other people that have bought the product or downloaded the free download or whatever. So no, I don't believe that pop-ups in general are sketchy. I believe that they can be annoying if they're very persistent and they show up every freaking five seconds. But... Guess what happens when I go to a page and there's a pop-up and it's not something that I want. If it is something that I want, I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm so glad I don't have to search through this page to figure out where the frick I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do. I'm so glad this pop-up just showed up so I know exactly what to do and where to go. Thank you. And I don't have to go through this entire thing to try and figure it out. Thank you for that. If that's what happens, I'm grateful. If I don't want the thing, if I'm on a page and I don't want the thing, the pop-up shows up, I just close it down. 
I don't take personal offense to it, nor do I associate a pop-up with a sketchy, scummy, sleazy website. So I think it's not necessarily a matter of objective sketchiness. I think it's a matter of personal opinion, um, which, we, which he actually addresses later. So we'll get into that in just one second. The second part to that is large download buttons. And I wrote this in my reply. I don't think that having large download buttons is inherently sketchy. In fact, I think what would be the sketchiest thing or, or just something sketchy in general is if the download link was a hyperlink. If it literally said download now and it's just a hyperlink, like you hover your mouse over it and it kind of like lights up a little bit. Not only do I think that's sketchy, I think that's incredibly ineffective. When someone is coming to your website, if we're talking about marketing tactics, when someone is coming to your website, the call to action has to be extremely clear. The more clear the call to action is, the more conversion rate you're going to have. The less clear it is, the less conversions you're going to have. Meaning there is a direct correlation, and we have data to prove this. We've, had, we've created tons of websites, tons of pages, tons of landing pages and checkout pages, where the smaller the button, there's a direct correlation with where there's the smaller the button, the less conversions that we have. So no, I don't agree. Not only do I disagree that having a large call to action button, which I really don't think our buttons are that big. I didn't think they were all that crazy. I thought they were very, very common. I mean, especially from the other checkout pages that I referenced when I was building this, not only just from Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels, but just in general. I don't think that they're that big. But anyways... um. I don't think that they're inherently sketchy. Again, I think this kind of falls into more of the personal preference. You know, you prefer smaller buttons. But that doesn't mean that our buttons are sketchy and scummy and sleazy and part of some huge marketing cult's nonsense. So anyways, let's continue forward. He did respond to that and let's read what his response was. He did say, um, for your first point behind you not finding certain things sketchy, obviously that comes down to personal opinion. Oh, awesome. We believe the same thing. It does come down to personal opinion. I think it looks sketchy because I have seen many sites with the same buttons and pop-ups that um, are complete scams. So let's go ahead and, and download malware if I finish the sentence. So let's just stop that really, really quickly. I don't know how there are other sites that have the same buttons that I do because I literally custom make all of my buttons in Photoshop. I've literally made all of them. They're, 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 they're not a template. They're not, they're not a part of ClickFunnels. They're actually a picture. They're literally a picture. You can literally download the picture if you want to, if you right-click and save image as. And so, and then I just, I just create a function with it where they click that, then something happens when they click that button, like, a, like the checkout is initiated or, or the free download happens or, or, or whatever. So there's no way that they actually have the same buttons that I do. But I think what he's trying to say is that they're in the same format as my buttons are, which I got to be real. I don't frequent sketchy sites. I'm not trying to make fun of him and saying that he frequents sketchy sites. I'm just being real. Like I don't frequent sketchy sites, so I can't verify that. I can't verify that they have the same type of buttons that I do. Maybe the reason why the sketchy sites have those type of buttons is because those type of buttons work. They, they're actually very useful. They're very clear. They're very big. They're very obvious not very big, let me say again. They're very clear, they're very obvious with what you're supposed to do and which button you are supposed to press. Maybe the reason why the sketchy sites do that is because the people who are genuine and legitimate use that tactic and so the sketchy sites are trying to replicate that. You see what I'm saying? And so does that mean that we stop using those buttons? I know a lot of sketchy people that drive cars. Should I stop driving cars? I know a lot of sketchy people that drink water. Should I stop drinking water? No, it's the buttons still work really, really well and there is a drastic increase when we have a bigger not huge, but bigger, very clear call to action button on our page to let people know exactly where they are supposed to go and what they are supposed to do. So 
that's my rebuttal to that. And then if we keep going with what he was saying, um, he says, okay, he sees, he sees many sites with pop-ups. And so my, my, my question is, are, are my pop-ups the same as the pop-ups that are on these sketchy sites? Number one, what are these sketchy sites trying to give? And do they have any social proof behind what they are doing? That's why we have the social proof. That's why we have the proof source in the bottom left corner, or that's why we have testimonials. And that's why we have a checkout page or, and that's why we have a checkout video with myself and usually with the person that we have the free product or the paid product with saying, hey, this really is our product. This is legit. We actually are working with donation. This is a huge, this is an absolutely completely authentic thing. That's why we have those things to suggest that this isn't sketchy. My question is, do those sketchy websites have those things? Do they have a video on there with someone that looks very reputable and they're like, yeah, this is legit. This is our free or this is our free download. This is our product. Do they have something like that? Do they have social proof? Do they have something that's showing that people are actually downloading this and they are enjoying it? And there's are there testimonials showing that this is the real deal? Are there sites that show that? My general assumption is no, they don't have those things. So you can see the clear distinction between them. In fact, that's why we have those things is to distinguish us from sketchy websites. So if a pop-up, does their pop-up look like ours? Is there, does their pop-up, you know, come and have like really sketchy language and very, very like, 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 oh, this, this just looks very, very bad. Is it popping up every five seconds? Cause ours don't do that. Ours are very clear. There's a pop-up or a pop down. Um, that pops up, says download here, enter your email here, click here to download. We even have a disclaimer. It says we will not rent or sell or share your information. It is safe here. You can redact your information at any time, so on and so forth. In fact, there is plenty of websites out there if you want to go check it out that tell you if the, the website is legit. You can just type in the URL and it says there's no malware on this page, so on and so forth. I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep into that, but that's what I'm saying. So it's like, I understand that you've ran into other pages that have these attributes, but just because they have these attributes, it doesn't mean that they are sketchy. I would suggest that it's just the sketchy people mimicking things that do work and that are authentic and they're just trying to look better, I guess you'd say, if this is making sense. Anyways, let's keep going with what he's saying. So he then goes and says, as far as the pop-ups, they come up only a few seconds after I'm on the page. This actually isn't true. The only reason why any of our pop-ups on the page would show up, they're not on timers. They're, they're based off of, of an action. So if you click a button, then the pop-up will show up. And if you try to leave the page, then the pop-up will come up. They don't just pop up every couple of seconds. You could literally spend an hour on the page just scrolling on it and the pop-up will never pop up. It will never show up. It will only show up if you click a button or if you try to leave the page. Which again, if that bothers you, close the pop-up. There's a big X. You just click on that and it's done and then you don't have to worry about it. So just to clarify with that, um, it keeps going. And so for me, they made it just slightly harder to read information about the product. Not a huge deal, but just made the experience less smooth in my opinion. Okay, I, I, I can understand how that could potentially make it more smooth or, or less smooth if the pop-up was showing up without any action. If it's just like, okay, if the person's on the page for 20 seconds, have the pop-up show up, that would be very annoying because you're trying to read, you're trying to, to figure it out. That would be very, very annoying. But the only way the pop-up is going to show is if you click something or if you try to leave. And if you are clicking something, that pop-up is going to give you more information. So it's actually giving you what you want. And if you try to leave, then you're not looking for information anymore. You're trying to leave. And so anyways, yeah, just to, to, to comment on that. Okay, let's keep going. So the second point that he brings up is, additionally, I think you'd probably, 
receive more sales if you scrap the whole making up random prices for each class segment, adding them up and saying a way lower price as the actual price. So what he's referring to is what's called the offer stack. And every one of our checkout pages, we have what's called an offer stack. So for example, like if you check out the school base, there's like module one is valued at, I can't remember the number is valued at this. And module two is valued at this. Module three is valued at this. Module four is valued at this. And this free bonus is valued at this. And this blah, blah, blah is valued at this. And if you combine all of them, then it's a grand total value of 10,000, 12,000, 13,000, $100,000, whatever it is. Usually it's not that crazy. But anyways, and for today, instead of it being $10,000, it's this much lower price. That's what he's referring to. First off, this is very effective uh, for most people because it actually shows them, hey, look at all this stuff that usually would cost this much, but now you're getting it this much. But what he's referring to is, hey, those numbers actually don't have any weight. Those numbers are just fake. Um, you're just making those up or pulling them out of nowhere. And you know, trying to trying to make it seem like it's way more expensive than it actually is. And like we're trying to, and that you're actually giving us a deal by doing that. And I responded to him with, with my answer with this. And I said, we actually don't make up these prices. None of these prices are random or made up. All of these prices that we have are based off of the value or based off the price that whoever we're working with would charge someone if they provided that information or that product to the person. So for example, AU5 charges $600 an hour for a private lesson. That's the demand on his time at this point, right? He charges a lot of money for, for a private lesson. So if the piece of content that we have is two hours, that has the equivalent hour, uh, or that has the equivalent price of $1,200. That means that you would have to spend $1,200 to get that information somewhere else right? Or to get that knowledge or that wisdom or that product somewhere else. We have a, we have a sample pack with KJ Sockets, the Your Brain on Drum sample pack. It's an amazing sample pack. The value that is based on that is how much KJ would actually charge if someone hired him to make that sample pack. And so all those prices that you see are actually calculated. We sit down with these people. We sit down with Austin, with Matthew Steeper and Halion, with Crywolf, with Tynan, with Crystal Skies, with all these people. And we're actually like, hey, if you taught this to someone in a private lesson, or if you were going to sell this, if someone came and asked you to do this, what would you charge to do this? They give us those numbers. And so we are showing you the value that uh, of, of what that number is or what you would have to pay to go and, and learn that directly from them. And then we are showing you that, hey, we're, act we're not charging you that. We are charging you this. This is how much we are charging you. See, it's much, 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 much cheaper to go this route. Plus then you have it recorded and you can download it and you can have it forever. You don't have to go through the pain of working with them and convincing them to do whatever and, and waiting for them to do it and so on and so forth, right? Not that it's a pain to work with, with these lovely individuals that we work with, but you get the point, right? And so every price that we have is not random. It's not just made up. It's not just me sitting up here in my studio and being like, you know, I really feel like module one is worth... $10 billion, but we're going to sell it to you for three cents. It does, it's not like that. It's based off something. It's based off something that is very real and on what these people would charge if you went directly to them. Now, he has a good rebuttal that I want to address. So to this, he says... As for the random prices, it's good to know that they are based on private lesson rates, but private lessons are completely different from digital products. I agree. They completely are. One is one-on-one. -on -one right? The actual method in which you are receiving it is different. One is in the form of a digital product, a course that you can watch over and over and over again. One is one-on-one. -on -one, you are sitting there with that person. I understand that the method in which you are receiving that information is different, but the information is the same. 
That is what we are charging, the information, not the method in which someone is buying it. So let's keep going um, with this. Which are brought that which are bought by many people, and they can't really be directly compared. But they are directly compared because it's the same information. It doesn't entirely matter where that method came from. It's the same. It's the information that's valuable. It's not that you. It's not that you are sitting in the same room with AU5 is inherently valuable. It's the knowledge that he's giving you, the wisdom and the experience that he is giving you that is valuable. It doesn't matter if you're watching him on the screen or if you're sitting in the same room with him. It doesn't matter if the knowledge and the wisdom that he's sharing is trash. The knowledge and the wisdom that he's sharing is trash. It's it, the, the incredibly value, valuable part is the knowledge and the wisdom, not the method in which you receive it, in my personal opinion. So that's why, yes, we still say that it is worth that value. And that's what we say in the fine prints. If you had a private lesson with them, this is the value of the thing. That, 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 is, that is our words. We are saying the value is based off a private lesson with them. We are not saying that the value is based off of a course, off of, of off a digital product. That is why we lower the price because it is a digital product. It is, you, you are not in the pers- in person with them where you can ask them questions, right? We are saying the price is based off private lessons with them not based off of what other digital courses are. I mean, that, that would have to be the equivalent of it is what is the price of other digital courses that are out there? That's where we'd be getting that value. That's not what we're getting that value. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this is based off of private lessons, learning this content or, or hiring this person to make the sample pack. That is what that is based off of. So we're not lying at all. We're not tricking anyone. We're, we're saying, hey, there's two methods to learn this information. Buy this course, hire this person for the private lesson. There's no other method out there. There are those two methods. The first one is going to charge you this much. The second method is going to charge you this much. Do whichever whichever one you want. But I would suggest that this route is not only cheaper, but it's easier. And you're going to have something that you can walk away from that is beautifully edited and that you can have for the rest of your life. So he makes uh, uh, really cool stuff for Blender. Um, I made a product for uh, 3D Software Blender, for instance, which took me over a thousand hours to put together. If I were to charge even minimum wage for my effort, it would be $15,000 for my product. That is correct. Which of course is a ridiculous price given that I am aiming to sell multiple and complete and, and compete with other sellers. So it's $50. That's great. That's a wonderful price point. Um, so basically, wait, so, oh, he goes on to say, I also don't think that that means that the product has a value of $15,000. It 100% does. You have spent time and your time is valued at a certain amount. I mean, even if it's, yeah, I, I assume your uh, time isn't valued at minimum wage, it's probably significantly higher than that. But that is valuable. Your time is valuable and your time equates to a dollar amount. I know what my dollar amount is. I know how much I am worth per hour because I know that if I work this much time, I can generate X amount of money. That is value. Value is directly tethered to the time and the money um, to the time that you spend and the money that you can make because of that. So yes, you, your value is actually, in this case, $15,000. That's absolutely right. He does go on to say, value only exists if someone is willing to pay for it. That's not true. There's a tremendous amount of value that exists in the world where payment isn't required, or at least payment of of money is required. For example, I am extremely valuable to my kids. I'm extremely valuable to my kids. I am teaching them. I am guiding them. I am protecting them. You don't have to put a dollar amount of that, but I am valuable to my to my kids. And that number, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, can be calculated, not necessarily in dollar amounts, but in, in consequences. But that's a much deeper conversation. But value does exist outside of money. It exists in time. It exists in effort. It exists in the product and what that means to the person. The, the exchange is the money. 
right? So for example, if you made this thing and it was $15,000, right? But it was so valuable to me that yes, I have to spend $15,000 to buy it, but it is going to save me $100,000 per year. That is incredibly valuable to me not because I'm willing to pay for it, but because of the consequences that are going to come from me using your product. The value isn't in the money and it's not because I want to pay for it. The value in what is what it is going to do for me and the time and the effort that you put into it to create it. So again, you can continue. Once again, this is more a matter of a personal opinion. I can I completely agree. But uh, me viewing the site, it just felt obviously ridiculous and unneeded information. Um, I can assure you that if there's anything on our site that is unneeded information, we remove it immediately. We are constantly testing our sites in different formats of our sites through split testing. And if there's something on our site and we notice that every single site that has this particular thing on and it's decreasing conversions, um, it, it gets removed immediately. So I promise you, if it's on our site, it's because it's been split tested and it stays there. If that makes sense. So let's keep going. It's maybe a good fact to put somewhere smaller but I don't think it's necessary to scroll past all before buying a product or seeing testimonials. So really quickly, it, it really just depends on the type of person that you are. So right here, he's suggesting that seeing all of those all those pieces of value is meant to be somewhere smaller. Again, this is something that I disagree with. It has to be clear and concise, um, not somewhere smaller that's like buried in like a line of text somewhere. The bigger within reason. Usually, the bigger that something is and the easier it is to understand, the more conversions that we see because it's very clear, it's easy to understand. No one's sitting here guessing, like, wait, what is this? What does that say? Where is it? How much value is it? It's just, it's very clear, it's upfront and it's easy to understand. I don't know how else to say it. Um, but then he goes on to say, all before I, he thinks that it's unnecessary before buying a product and seeing testimonials. So, so you're correct. Sometimes seeing the stack isn't necessary for some people, but for some people it is. For the people that it isn't necessary for, guess what's going to happen? They're just going to bypass it and they're going to go buy the product anyways. High five. But for the people that it is necessary for, then we're, we want them to see it. We want it to be up close. We don't want to be buried down in the corner because some people need that to be convinced, wow, this is actually a still of a deal or very, very valuable. So then we're going to go into the next part right here, which says... Uh, before seeing any testimonials. So actually on the vast majority of our pages, not all of them, we're, we're actually currently split testing this, but on the vast majority of our pages, it goes check out video, check out button, testimonials, curriculum, then the stack. So the stack is actually quite a bit down. So you actually do see testimonials before you see the stack. In fact, if you go to the school base or Sarah Masterclass or Alien Weapon or Was It You or Tynan, or in fact, almost all of our checkout pages, Crywolf, anything of that nature, you are going to see the testimonials or at least a portion of the testimonials before you see the stack. So just to point that out. So let's keep going. So the third concept that he brings up is also the order now or else you will never get this price again <clears throat> is just misleading because it always says that no matter how many times you go back and a pretty scummy marketing tactic. So I would completely agree with what he is saying if we actually did with what he is saying. So to give you a bit of knowledge onto how funnels work, a funnel is a very specific website that sends someone into a buying process. A, a traditional checkout page or a traditional website is like, Here's all this stuff. Go wherever you want, figure out what you want, put whatever in your cart and, and check out. A funnel is, here's this one product. We're not talking about any other products until you are done 
looking at and focusing on this one product. Then after they buy this product, then they are brought to another page, what's called an up... And this page is what we call an upsell. This is or, or a one-click upsell. And this is where we're like, hey, you just bought this product. You will probably also love this product. And you can click this upgrade button and you don't have to enter in your information again. You don't have to put in your, your card or your PayPal or anything like that again. You just press this button and you're able to, to upgrade. That's what's called a one-click upsell. This is incredibly useful. This is insanely useful. Again, it kind of falls into the three categories. People that love this are like, oh my gosh, yes, this is a perfect companion to this thing that I bought. Or there's a second category of people like, nah, I don't really want it. I mean, it's a cool product, but it's just not really for me right now. Or maybe I'll come back later uh, and check out this, this product out later. Eh, but I don't really want it right now. And then there's the third category, which is a small category of people being like, why on earth would you dare sell me something else? How dare you believe in your product so much that you are going to bring up another product in front of me that is a completely perfect companion to the thing that I'm buying right now? How dare you do that? And it's like, I mean, do you feel that way when you go to the store and you get your groceries and as you're checking out, there's like the gum and the candy right before you check out? Do you look at that gum and that candy? It's like, how dare they try to sell me something else when I am checking out? How dare they do this? The answer is no. You just walk past it and you finish checking out, which is the equivalent of what you can do with these upsell pages. You can just say no and move on. And that's totally fine. But to, to his point, which says like there's like fake timers that they can come back and buy on that page whenever they want to. And the answer is that's not true. So the pages on the upsell pages, the one-time offer pages that we have where there are timers, right? So for example, if you go right now and you buy the Alien Weapon Walkthrough for $37, the next page that you're going to be brought to is a page where you can buy the Serum Masterclass. Usually the Serum Masterclass is $147, but if you decide to buy in that funnel right then, right, right there, right then, you can get the Serum Masterclass for $97, which is a good deal in my opinion. And but it is says it does says hey when the timer runs out you can't get this deal and if you leave this page you can't come back to it and buy it that is 100% true i suggest anyone to try and go do that to leave to to buy the alien weapon walkthrough or just go back to that page in general later and see if you can buy it. The fact is that it's not going to happen because it can't happen. The reason why is because if the timer runs out or if you leave that page and try to come back to it later, whenever you do a one-click upsell, your payment information is saved on that page for a very, very short amount of time. So you don't have to re-put your payment information in. So if you leave or the timer runs out, that is the equivalent of that page dispersing your payment information so that information is no longer held because legally we cannot hold that information for longer than a set amount of time. So if you if you're like, oh, clearly I can just come back later. If you come back later, guess what's going to happen? It's going to say, sorry, your payment information isn't in here anymore. You're going to have to restart the funnel. So then you're going to have to either go back into, into uh, Alien Weapon, buy it again so you can get to that page you see what I'm saying? So yes, everything that happens inside of our upsells, which are incredibly useful, by the way, upsells are amazing and they're beautiful. And it's just a way to continually bring people more things that are valuable to them. And guess what? If they don't want it, they say no. But if you see any of those pages, I want you to understand those pages are legit. You cannot save that URL and then come back in 24 hours or even an hour later and still buy the product. It can't happen. It won't happen. You will... You will Try to buy it, and guess what will happen? A big old thing, a big old pop-up will come up which will just say, sorry, we do not have your payment information. You will have to restart the funnel. So no, those countdowns, those timers, none of those things are fake. And it's important to note that none of our front-end checkout pages has that kind of language on there unless we're having a sell. If we're having a sell, then 
it does have that information, but it's also tethered to a time, like a set amount of time that we are doing that sell. But all of our pages, there's no timer saying you have to buy it before this time or so on and so forth. Or anyways, I don't have to get too much further than that. The final, the final piece that I have with that is to say, you know, also whenever you see this on a page, whenever I say this, that none of the prices are guaranteed, that's 100% real, by the way, because prices, our prices change all the time. You got to remember most of our products, the vast majority of our products are with other people, are with AU5 and CryWolf and KJ Saka and so on and so forth. And if they want to increase or decrease the price, my hands are tied and I have to do that. As part of our legal agreement, I have to do that. So I actually have to change those prices whenever they say. So when I say, I can't guarantee that this price will be here tomorrow, I literally mean it. If I get a call at two o'clock in the morning from AU5 saying, yo, crank up the price of the school base to $1,500, I have to do it. I am legally bound to do that. And so all that language is completely real. That actually happens, not necessarily with AU5, but just that concept actually happens way more than you actually think it does. So there we go. He does have a rebuttal to that. So let's see what the rebuttal is. For the one-time offers, I have a few questions. On a page, I forgot which exactly. I was told that if I clicked off the page and came back, the offer would be gone. So I closed the page and came back and the same message was still there. If this was supposed to happen, then it's straight misleading. If not, then hopefully this can be fixed. So this is exactly what I'm saying. That URL will still be there. You will be able to load that URL whenever you want to on whatever device you want to as many times as you want to. That's not the point. You can load that URL every day for the rest of your life if you wanted to. The point is, if you try to check out or if you try to take advantage of that offer, it's not going to work. Your payment information isn't there anymore. You have to restart the funnel process, if that makes sense. So there's the answer to that. Okay, next thing up here. The proof source pop-ups in the bottom left and the fact that all videos autoplay don't really help that much or don't, don't really help either. So what he's referring to is if you go to any of our checkout pages in the bottom left corner or if you're on mobile, it'll show up at the bottom. It doesn't matter if we're talking about checkout pages or free download pages. There is a proof source pop-up, a little thing that shows up that says, so-and-so just bought this 20 minutes ago. So-and-so just downloaded this an hour ago. Anyways, with that, it's just, it's just a matter of social proof to show that other people are actually downloading this. And it's completely, completely real. And what he is saying is that proof source actually doesn't help that. In fact, that's the complete opposite. We've had proof source for a couple of years now. And every page that we put proof source on increases the conversions 10 to 30%. So it actually helps out tremendously because it is a form of social proof. And then he also says that the video autoplaying doesn't really help either. And I would agree with him if the video autoplayed with the sound on. It doesn't. It just automatically starts playing. The sound is off. There's a big play button that you can press play. And then the video restarts and the sound starts. That's that's just there. But the fact that a video is auto-playing not only helps our conversions, again, we've been doing this for about two years with, a, with an auto-playing video, it tremendously helps the conversions on that page, but it also shows, specifically like if you go to the Alien Weapon walkthrough or, or any of our new checkout pages, you will see the face of the person that is tethered to that product. So with Alien Weapon, you'll see AU5 being like, what's up guys, this is my product. And there, there's a tremendous amount of value in seeing them do that and seeing AU5 being like, hey, this is my product. Even if they're not listening, seeing his face, not my face, seeing his face be like, this is my product. This is actually legit. There's a tremendous amount of value that comes from that. So it actually does help out a lot. So he mentions down here, he has a rebuttal to that. And he says, as for proof source, it's good to see it helps. It was definitely a minor gripe of mine as a whole, and I didn't doubt the validity of the pop-ups. 
Auto-playing video is also minor and a personal preference thing as long as they don't have sound automatically as well, which we just discussed. I don't remember if I had headphones on or the page, but I believe you didn't have sound. That's correct. Yep, the sounds cannot and will not start um, or make any form of noise unless you actually click on the video to actually play it and watch it. So yeah. I suppose from a web design perspective, having a dedicated area for the proof source thing rather than just having it in the corner would help make it feel more intentional. Just from the marketing knowledge that I have, I, I genuinely disagree with that. I actually think that, well, it does have its own dedicated space. It's in the bottom left corner, right? But I also think that it being able to follow wherever you go and the fact that it's so small and just buried in the left corner is so tremendously, like it's just so out of the way. Even on the mobile, it just takes up such a small amount of space on the screen that the fact that it follows you is actually kind of helpful because it's showing you, hey, people are getting this. They are they are downloading this. They're buying this as we speak. So I genuinely disagree with having just like a dedicated area somewhere on the page because you'd have to scroll down to see it. This way, it doesn't matter where you are on the page and you do see it and you are seeing that there is social proof, right? If you just had it on some dedicated part of the page, it's like, oh, I now know that this has social proof, but I could have not known this thing had social proof because if I didn't scroll down to this thing that shows it has social proof, I wouldn't have known that it had social proof. There's social proof from the beginning, from the very, very start, from anywhere on the page, you see that there is social proof showing that people are buying this, they are downloading this, so on and so forth. Cool. So those were my major rebuttals to him, but now he does have one final question. I have one final question. Um, have you ever had your site not be this way it is now? And the answer is yes. We have tested hundreds of different designs, dozens of different formulas and concepts. Um, in fact, the vast majority of the time that the school base has been avail available, it has not been in the form of a funnel. It was just a one-step checkout page. In fact, the school base as is now was just a one-step checkout page. If you go by the school base right now, there is no upsell after it as of today. That will probably change in the future because funnels are incredibly useful because of something called the buying loop, which I will go over in just a second. But... Yes, we have tried it many, many different ways. And I can conclude that by far, this has been the best way because it takes advantage of the buying loop, which I'm going to explain that in just one second. I want to finish what he's saying because it kind of leads into what the buying loop is. So um, I'm curious if it has always been a funnel approach or not. And if so, would it be worth testing a non-funnel approach as well? I don't have the same data as you, obviously, but I do know that every major successful company, both inside and outside the music industry, has a non-funnel-based store page. Um, that's not true. There are a, a bundle of, of companies out there that do not have a funnel-based approach, but there are a tremendous amount of very successful, very big companies that actually do this. For example, if you go to Adobe right now, if you go to Adobe right now and you try to purchase a subscription for Photoshop, they will try to upsell you on their creative cloud. And then if you say no, they will also try to upsell you and say, hey, by the way, maybe, hey, instead of buying it uh, as a year right now, you can pay this much for three months and then upgrade to a year or whatever, right? That's still a funnel. That's still a complete funnel. It's maybe not the same type of funnel that I'm doing with videos and specific upsells, but that is a funnel. That is completely a funnel. So Adobe, which is one of the biggest companies in the world, has the same thing. By the way, Apple does the same thing. If you go and try and buy a laptop right now, they will try to upsell you on storage, on extra RAM, on a keyboard, on buying Logic Pro X, on so on and so forth. This is all funnels. This is all funnelology, if you will. It's all the same concept. These upsells and these bump offers and so on and so forth. It's all the same concept. They apply it a little bit differently, but funnels are everywhere, regardless if you realize that they're funnels or not. So he goes on to say, for instance, two very successful products um, 
I use, VSTs, not classes, the Isotope Suite and Mini Products, uh, Sam's Orchestral Packs. So let's actually, I'm actually going to check this out. I'm actually going to pull this up right now. Because if I actually had to guess, I actually remember seeing a funnel on Isotope before. Yeah, so this is, this. in fact, they are doing exactly what I'm talking about here. They're doing it in a different way, but they're still doing it. So for example, I just came into just a random product on, our, on, um, on Isotope. I went to just RX9 Standard. And guess what? Right down here, people also purchase this. Would you like to add this on? This is all funnelology. This is all taking advantage of the buying loop. Again, I'll get to that in just one second. And so you can come in here and buy this. This is, this is a funnel. And if I check out right now, though they may not have a direct checkout page right after you check out with this product, the fact that you can add a product on is a funnel. And the fact that you're joining their email list and I can guarantee that they're going to start emailing you for other products that they have, that is a funnel as well. A funnel is not just a few upsell pages. A funnel is where you can actually... Uh, where you can actually add things on at checkout. And then through email marketing, they will try to sell you something later on, a week, a day, a month later. This is all part of a funnel. This is all just funnelology. So the example that you just brought up with Isotope, they're actually doing funnel stuff. So people use funnels way more often than you think they do. It's just they do their own version of funnels, but it's still all funnelology. Let's keep going. Uh, they still have testimonials, demos, and video demos, but they are categorized into separate tabs or areas of page, and they just list one price, not the cost it took to pay the, or the orchestra or whatever to make back. And that's completely fine. Some websites do this and some websites don't. It just comes down to personal preference. I'm just saying, this is what I saw Russell Brunson do, so I mimicked it. And every time that I mimic that, every time I do the offer stack, it completely 100% sells better. So that's the only reason why I do that. Maybe it runs some people the wrong way as it did with, with two launch pads and a lizard, which is completely fine. He is 100% entitled to his own opinion, what he likes and what he dislikes. But... It's just a different way of doing it. I don't think it's inherently sketchy or scammy or scummy. So, so before we continue on with what he's saying, I do want to clarify one thing and I want to talk about what a, what a buying loop is. This is... The idea of a buying loop is when someone is in the mood or or in the process of buying something, they are much more likely to buy another thing while they are in the process of buying something than coming back and buying things later. That's the entire theory behind it. It's the equivalent of the reason why when you're at the store, you buy an entire week or two weeks worth of food as opposed to going back to the store for every single meal and then coming back home and cooking it, going and buying more, cooking it, going and buying more, cooking it, right? This is why when you're at the store, you tend to buy more things because you are in what's called the buying loop. So if someone comes to our site and they buy the Alien Weapon walkthrough, they are much more likely to buy the Serum Masterclass right then than they would a little bit later. Of course, that's suggesting that they, they have the money, they have the desire, to buy this. This is the product that fits them and that works really, 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 really well for them, so on and so forth. But it's just the concept. And I've seen this time and time and time and time and time again. The more opportunities that we give people to buy things, which means that we also give them the opportunity not to buy them. We give it, we give them the option not to buy that thing that we put in front of them. But the more opportunity that we give people to buy things, the more times people buy things. It's just how it is. You know, if you went to the store and there was only one thing to buy at the store, you'd probably just buy that one thing. There's thousands of things at the store. So you definitely buy more than one thing when you're at the store. So that's what the buying loop is. And that's why funnels, if I'm being real, are the future. In my opinion, when it comes to marketing, they are, quote, the true religion. Nothing works as good as a funnel because it takes advantage of that buying loop. I think I've explained myself pretty well at this point. You get what I'm saying. I understand that what you're doing is working 
And that's the big points. So that's what I'm trying to explain is that it is. And that there are three different categories of people. People that love it, people don't really care about it. They're not for it or against it. And the people that hate it. And the people that hate it are by far the smallest group. By far the smallest group. And I'm not saying that to make fun of people. It's just to accurately portray the, the picture that I'm not going to change my entire funnel process or I'm not going to change our entire marketing process based off the minority. That doesn't make sense. That's not a good business practice. You see what the majority love and you move forward with that as long as it aligns with your goals and your wants and your desires and so on and so forth. You get what I'm saying. Anyways, I understand that what you're doing is working, but I still think you would reach a wider audience if you change things to become less aggressive. I don't think that we're aggressive. I don't think that we're aggressive at all. There are some companies that I've ran into that are very, 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 very aggressive. We got a pop-up happening every five seconds. You hop on their email list. They literally email you like five times a day, every day, no matter what. Doesn't matter if they have a sale going on or not, or a new product or not. They're completely just harassing you. They don't bring much value to you. They don't give you anything for free. They're just constantly trying to get you to buy their stuff. They don't bring any inherent value outside of them, of just their products. I would suggest that that is an aggressive company. But... We don't do those things. In fact, if you hop on our email list right now, the only time we really email you is when we have a sell or a launch going on, when a new episode comes out, which is free and just bringing value to you, or if we just have a general update on what's going on. So our email marketing really isn't that aggressive. On this page, the only thing that's that might be considered aggressive is the pop-up that you can easily close out of. And I so I wouldn't really label that as aggressive. I, I personally would not label donation as aggressive marketing. Trust me. If you want to go see someone that's an aggressive marketer, go look at Frank Kern. He will rip you to shreds when it comes to marketing. Anyways, into this, even ClickFunnels' own page is much less aggressive than yours. I disagree <laughs> because all of our pages are built off of what ClickFunnels does. In fact, if you go to trafficsecrets.com, you will see a white and green version of basically all of our websites. It's going to look shockingly similar to what our website looks like. And actually that the websites that we referenced with the, with the new web designs with all of our funnels, <clears throat> the websites that we referenced are actually a much watered down version of ClickFunnels. If you're referring to that their homepage is less aggressive than our sales page, I would agree. I would suggest that probably everyone's homepage is less aggressive than any sales page out there. But you're not talking apples and apples. You're talking, you're talking apples and muffins at that point. So right here it says through this page, you can also offer bundle deals and whatnot. Yeah. So that's actually something that we've been thinking about for a long time is actually doing uh, bundles and deals and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, we do do deals. We do sales and that is a deal, but I see what you're saying with, with the bundles. We haven't really experimented with that too much. We're going to, it's going to happen. So that, that's a, that's a good thing. It says, but yeah, in conclusion, my theory could be completely wrong. I don't have enough data is that you have a high, is that you have a high conversion rate of sales, not necessarily because of that website, but because the producers you have classes from have very high quality, useful content. Oh gosh, how I wish this was true. You have no idea how much I wish what you're saying is true. It's not true. The fact of the matter is, is it doesn't matter how big the person is or how useful the information is or how dedicated of a fan base they have. All that dries up very, 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 very quickly. Yes, if they have a very big fan base and it's really useful content and the person is really, really good, you will see an increase of sales at the beginning 
but then it's going to fall off really, really quickly because where is that traffic going to continue to be coming from? It has to be coming from somewhere, right? So we have to continually bring traffic in and the vast majority of the traffic that comes in doesn't know who AU5 is, doesn't know who Crywolf is or Matthew Steber or Halion. They don't know who these people are. Some people do, but the vast, 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 vast majority of people out there do not know who these people are, right? They're not household names like Skrillex or Diplo or Calvin Harris or someone like that. And so there has to be what's called don't take this out of context, an indoctrination process. It's a marketing term. You have to indoctrinate them. You have to show them why this thing is useful. You have to provide the data and the evidence and the logic as to why this thing is going to help them. That's why this is there. I wish, listen to me, I, I, I want that, I want what you are saying to be true more than you want what you are saying to be true. I would love the fact there's just this inherent law in the universe that says, if you make a really good piece of product, you will be granted with cosmic traffic and it will just be given to you and it will, you will generate sales forever. Do you have any idea how easy my life would be if that was the case? My job is marketing. I am literally marketing these products all the time. And it would be so wonderful to be like, AU5 has... has, has lived in accordance with this cosmic law that says, yes, it is a great product and it has helped this many people. Now we have an unlimited amount of cosmic traffic that is continually coming in and converting. And the concept is, is that's not true. That's not true at all. As soon as the fan base dies out, the, the donation fans, the A5 fans, all that kind of stuff has already come through, checked it out, decided whether they want to buy or not. Now comes in what's called the cold traffic. We've we've went through all of our warm and hot traffic, people who know us and love us and want to buy our stuff. We went through the hot and warm traffic. Now we have to continually bring in cold traffic, which is by far the biggest amount of traffic that's going to be coming through. That's going to be 99% of the traffic that comes through over the course of the lifetime of the product. And so there has to be that indoctrination process that shows them why this is good. So listen, I wish that was true. I wish we could literally say the reason why people are buying this is because of AU5, is because of Matthew Steeper and Halion and KJ Saka and so on and so I wish that. I wish that so much because that would save me all the time and energy with freaking creating these pages and then maintaining them and then continuing to sending traffic. I wish what you're saying is true, but it's not. We've tested it. I've literally just relied on that before. And guess what happens when we do that? Nothing. Nothing happens at all. No sales come through. We burn through the hot and warm traffic very, very quickly. And then there's nothing there to convince the cold traffic that this is legit or why they should buy it and so on and so forth. So anyways, yeah, just to address that point. I, I think that the website distracts from the personal personalities and for me at least makes them seem less ethical and more desperate for quick money even though I know this isn't true. I would suggest that there is some limiting beliefs here and not objective truths here, which clearly you say is, is just for you. They are involved with the entire process of the sales page. I have to I have to approve all scripts with them. I have to approve all pictures with them, all text with them, all formats with them, all stacks with them. There's nothing on a sales page that is not approved by the by the people that we're doing. So in essence, the sales page is their personality. It is. This this is exactly them because they have to approve it all. If they don't like something or if they want something to change, I have to change it. And so it is their personality, and strangely enough. This makes them, it seems, less ethical. I really have a hard time when people say that the way that someone markets is less ethical. It is only eth it is only unethical, unethical, unethical. If you lie about your product, if you steal people's money and you don't actually give them a product, 
or if you're doing some objectively really scammy, sketchy stuff. None of what this person has brought up, in my opinion, is objectively sketchy. It just completely relies in the realm of personal preference. In from what I've seen so far. I could be wrong, but that's just what I've seen so far, which is what he says right here, in my opinion. There we go. So no, we're not doing this just to get sales, right? We're, we're, not, we're not into that because there's, there's no way to sustain a business with that. I want you to understand that. Is that any tactic where it may boost sales you know, for now, but then lose sales in the future isn't a good business tactic. I want donation to last for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Like I love donation. I love this is just like how you make music or, or how this person um, that, that made this comment makes uh, Blender tutorials and Blender products and all that kind of stuff. Just how that is the embodiment of their of their art these funnels these marketing campaigns these products you got to remember they're they're my babies as well they, these are this is my art this is something that i really 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 enjoy and so when you call someone's art unethical your reasoning behind that primarily lives in your opinions not necessarily in objective facts it's not a really good place to be in you know i i, I don't go around commenting on people's death step songs and say this is unethical because that is an expression of them. That is their art. It may not be my favorite thing, and that's fine, but I wouldn't label that as unethical. Nothing that we are doing is unethical. We are not stealing anyone's money. We're not falsely advertising anything. We are not tricking people into buying things that they don't want. We, are, we have created sales pages that bring up products that people want, obviously, or they wouldn't be buying them, or they wouldn't have asked us for these products in the first place. The vast majority of products that we make are actually suggested by our community. We don't take people's money and don't give them their own and not give them their products. We don't lie and give them half the product. We don't... There's nothing unethical going on here. The fact that we have a checkout page with a checkout video with social proof where they can buy the product and then buy more products at a discounted price if they want to, none of that screams unethical to me. That is completely fine. That's completely within the realm of ethics. And in fact, it's very, very useful and has brought a lot of value to a lot of people. So that is where I disagree with all this. And I don't feel like the proper information or, and I don't feel like the proper criteria for our sales page for donation, mar, donations marketing can objectively be placed in an unethical, sketchy, scammy, scummy, sleazy position. <laughs> I give some suggestions of, of what we can do to how to optimize the page. Um, I, you know, some of them may be good ideas and through split testing, we may see that he is, is his ideas actually work out, but more than likely, but we have done an incredible amount of testing and our pages are currently converting at a ridiculous rate. We'll obviously continue split testing and see what works and, and it will be an iteration and an evolution over time as to what our checkout pages will become. But this in general donation, the entire reason why I did this for the last hour ish is to show you not only how we market, because I'm sure it's really useful now for you to see on the back end why we do what we do. And you can actually mimic this. I, in fact, I encourage you to mimic this. Like do take whatever information we have and apply it to your music if you so do. I actually really do think that if music producers had some type of funnel, they would do way, way, way better. That's a whole different conversation. Anyways, for every conversation that I've had with someone about this subject, we have like a thousand people sign up for our email list. We have hundreds of people buying our products for every person that says something like this. So obviously these people are the minority, which again, that does not mean that we get to make fun of them or hate them or treat them poorly in any way. Hopefully I have not come off that way in any way um, in, this, in this podcast episode. It's more so just to show that it is the minority, but I want to explain it in one way. So if someone ever emails me again, it's like, I hate your marketing. You're such a sleazy scam artist. I can send them this and be like, hey, maybe I'm not a sleazy scam artist. Maybe you just don't like the way that we market and that's fine. 
I'm not requiring people to like the way that I'm marketing or I'm not requiring everyone to like the way that I'm marketing. So with that being said, hopefully you enjoyed this. And if you have any questions about my marketing or if you found any fault in my logic, I would love to know, by the way, tear, my, tear, tear me apart. Like This is actually really, really fun for me because I actually... A lot of people don't know this. I actually really like arguing, not arguing in the contentious sense, but arguing in the sense of we go back and forth and we find the truth between our two opinions, basically, right? So anyways, I hope you really enjoyed this. Hopefully this was very insightful as to why we do what we do and how it is actually based off something really, really authentic, which is this is our art. This is our this is our version of songs and we are very passionate about our art. We are very authentic with our art. We are very uh, sincere and honest with our art. We are not trying to scam anybody. We are trying to bring as much value to people as humanly possible. And by far, funnels are the way to do it. There is no other way. There's no other logical way to do it that can help as many people and put our products into the hands of music producers so that they can make better music, help their careers, so on and so forth. There's, I just haven't found any other way. So hopefully you've enjoyed this. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. By the way, we have an entire course coming out this week, which is really, really cool. Out on Friday, it's the Crystal Skies Masterclass. Make sure to go check that out when that launches. You can actually see this funnel in action. So with that being said, love you guys. Talk to you soon.